a much more confrontational episode this week. We we have superpowers manifesting in people. We have a, a modern timeline, I guess, where there's a little bit more of a confessional quality. We're looking at the camera. We're breaking the fourth wall. Um, characters are coping with existential crises, confronting their personal and relationship issues, confiding surprising secrets in others, and discovering their neighbors are secretly evil witches, ensnaring them in a cruel and twisted trap that manipulates their past emotional trauma to siphon off their magical abilities. Standard TV fair, really, guys. <laughs> Welcome to the MCU Pod, a companion podcast to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm your host, Grant Davis, and this week my co-host, Mike Moody Garcia, is stuck in the hex bubble. We hope he's landed a sweet speaking role. He's not freezing on the edges of the bubble during Halloween night. Um, while Mike's away, we're fortunate once again to be joined by frequent guest host, Randy Lander of the TV Dudes Podcast. Hey, hey how's it going? Good. Um, you know, aside from this week being generally just awful. Neither yeah. rain nor sleet nor the historic snowstorm will stop the MCU pod. <laughs> I guess if we have to go and drive out and and rig our phones so that we can have some internet access out <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, we're going to make this happen. I'm just saying UPS isn't running right now, but the MCU pod is. <laughs> it's it's us and HEB. That's a Texas joke. Nobody Nobody's outside of Texas. Any idea what I'm talking about? <laughs> um, and then we're joined straight from Hogwarts by Jason Murphy. I've not seen you in a while. <laughs> I mean, it's appropriate for the witches that we have so that a wizard here. I was like, Hogwarts? Is, this, is that that wizard boy? <laughs> it's a wizard man. You're a wizard man. Alan Moore has joined us on this week's WandaVision. Alan Moore, Alan Moore doesn't own that many comics. That's right. <laughs> I do have it here. I have Jason Murphy, literary author, screenwriter, and YouTube deviant of the modern rogue. Check sure. that out over on YouTube. Jason, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. This is, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I was I was sitting here uh, formulating my plans. Trying it's this is this is the good this is the new show right where everyone uh, tries to connect everything and says this is this is Grant's new lost. Where it's like, <laughs> this well, is me going bonkers, and everyone yeah, going, this, oh, God, this is Grant turning into Pepe Silvia all over again. This is this is everyone's face having to listen to me right here, <laughs> right there, just <laughs> anyway, stroking my ego there. Um, before we get into everything, I just want to say, audience, if you've tuned in for the first time, welcome. We do a live stream over on YouTube. You can check it out. You can comment live with us. We can see your comments and we can pop them on like Will Morris saying, stupid ice storm happened here too. Sorry, Will. It does suck. And we appreciate you guys joining us over on YouTube. If you are there, go ahead and hit subscribe. You can hit the notification button. So when we go live, you get notified kind of nice um we are also an audio podcast so if you want to subscribe to us on any of your audio podcast platforms uh you can do that as well we appreciate all of that uh we are dedicated to talking about everything in the mcu we started this off because we knew that wandavision would be debuting and we'd be able to talk week to week on a tv show and it seems like as soon as this one's over Winter Soldier and Falcons get right around the corner, and that's going to be a lot of fun to discuss as well. Yeah. 
So but, hopefully you stay tuned. Six episodes, is that right? Or I, think, what I think that's right. It's just a shorter show. But but they're all an hour long. Oh, I think, yeah, you may be right. Yeah. As long as they're giving us more time, all <laughs> stuff is shorter. Although we're supposed to get an hour long for the last two episodes, I think, of WandaVision as well. Right, right. Was this week's longer? I didn't notice. Mm, I don't think so. It's 39 I mean, minutes. Okay. It's just like with the rest of them, the credits cut in at about the midway point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nine minutes, which means 12 minute episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You can't you can't put a mid credit sequence in this late in the show when we we're used to oh, well, that's just 10 minutes of credits. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, for those of you that are joining us on the chat, if you want to go ahead and type in POD, all caps, POD at the front of your comment, it'll make it a little easier when I'm looking over here to the side. I can see it and just pop it on the screen. Um, and then uh, another little note, uh, we are now up on Patreon. So if you guys want to come support this little podcast venture of ours, you can do so at patreon.com slash MCU pod. We appreciate all of the support over there. All right, let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode. Breaking the Fourth Wall is the seventh episode of WandaVision, written by Cameron Squires and directed by Matt Shackman. The IMD synopsis for this one was, Monica plots her return. Wanda navigates unsettling complications and Vision forms a new alliance. <laughs> now, normally, as Randy, you are, are well accustomed to, we do a thing called hot quakes, mm -hmm. which is our hot takes, mm -hmm. but with Quake from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as recommended by our audience. Um, I didn't like that because I don't like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> So I decided this week we're going to do something a little bit new. That's right. We're doing snap judgments. <laughs> Renamed it. Made a little video for it. You know what's, you know what's perfect about more. that? My uh, my comic book reviews were originally called Snap Judgments. Oh, is oh, it? Right. <laughs> well, look at that. Um, Jason, you get to kick things off this week because we haven't even heard what you even think about this show, about MCU diving into TV, uh, and about I, episode seven. You know, yeah, I love the show. I love how bold it is. It is. It does a lot of bold things uh, with... Uh, just how much they can ask of the audience. I remember back in the day, I remember joking about this with, with you guys a long time ago when they said that they were doing a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And I just thought, no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they did. Right. And so it's, I think now they've realized, oh, you know, we can do a lot of the traditional comic stuff as it is in the comics and get away with it. And I really appreciate that, that they're trying all of this crazy stuff. Now, at this point in the story, I really expected the uh, facade to break down more. Mm -hmm. And for the episodic, like, this episode feels like this generation. And this episode feels like this generation. I thought they would have abandoned that already now that, uh, you know, we've seen behind the curtain. But instead, they're still going in ways that they don't even overtly acknowledge. And so... Uh, I really like how, you know, they're swinging for the fences in a lot of ways, doing some weird stuff. Uh, I'm a little concerned because this one started to, it's, it's going downhill real quick, <laughs> you know, not, not like it's bad, but it's uh, in that it's like, oh, the, the safeguards are off. The construct uh -huh. is imploding. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
there's a lot of crazy stuff going on there. And I thought, I thought there were some abrupt reveals that, that were a little, I, I don't know how spoilery we want to get full spoiler. Uh, like, full spoiler. Yeah. 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 Mean, if someone's like, watching at this point, like I knew who Agnes was. Right. But then that reveal of her as a cackling villain. And, and uh, I thought, okay, not only does that not make sense to the comic book nerd, but this doesn't really necessarily right now make a whole lot of sense to the narrative of the show either. It just feels like, I know she's been this ever present like trickster character almost, Mm -hmm. but then to reveal her and I know we're all like, everything's wrapped in a facade and an enigma and everything. That part felt very, uh, kind of abrupt to me it's like i mean i knew i knew this moment was coming but still it just feels like feels kind of like the last season the last couple of episodes of game of thrones where it's just like all right here it goes let's just throw everything at the screen you know feels yeah. i like it i like it i'm still i'm still in i'm just a little uh nervous randy how are you feeling week seven uh i'm i'm fully in love with the show right now uh i remain uh, I still think East episodes one and two could have been better, but um, I now kind of see what they were doing, especially since I get to this episode and we're seeing the just dead on modern family riffs. And I see that they, in addition to being a Scarlet Vision story, this is someone's love letter to, to uh, classic sitcoms. And as someone who loves a lot of sitcoms from like the eighties and up, we're now in my wheelhouse and I, I'm into the whole show, not just the parts of Wanda and Vision. And so I loved all of this. I think that, bringing the modern family stuff to where it directly references the WandaVision stuff where basically everybody knows she's got powers. Uh, it's, it's not like they're not pretending that it's like, she's not doing the bewitch thing. It is like the, the jokes are part of the show that vision and, and Darcy cannot get back to her because of the crazy circus antics and all that stuff. It's creepy and weird, but it's also funny and I think they've hit that balance in a way that kind of surprised me, given that I thought the balance was really off in the beginning. I think that um, the, the Agatha reveal is interesting because, for, for one thing, I don't, I don't know if I outright said the way I did with Mephisto. I'm like, Mephisto's not in the show. I did say I don't know if that's Agatha Harkness because they've been they've been tricking us throughout. And they did the bit where last, last episode where Vision touched her and she seemed to be a normal person who just, like, Right. Wasn't aware of any of this. And that was such a great f- head fake because I bought it a hundred percent. I was like, Oh, she's not Agnes. That she's, that, she's not Agatha Harkness. That's a, that's a fake out. So when, when they did the, the swerve this, this week, I was like, wow, that's really cool. And, and she's I, dressed as a witch. <laughs> and, and God damn it. I was wrong again, which is starting me to think that basically I'm wrong about everything. And Mephisto is going to be in the next two episodes. You know, <laughs> I feel like if, if Reddit predicts it, they, they figured it out. <laughs> That's why I stay away from what Reddit. I don't want people putting together clues from like a crowdsourcing thing because I don't want to know things. I mean, you know? television's ruined by Reddit. <laughs> but at the same time, um, I mean, it's speeded up the pace at which TV storytelling happens. Like you can't hold on to a secret and have that be right. the big reveal at the end of the season. That's a, That's got to be the reveal at the end of the episode or maybe next episode. Mm-hmm. You, you can't really do that long game with a lot of this stuff. Yeah, they're doing really well at uh, posing those cliffhangers at the end of each episode, though. Yeah, they are. They're really adept at that. Pretty great buildup. We got a comment here from not Keith, who says, I find this to be refreshing MCU to MCU. It seems sorry, I'm 
butchering what you read there wrote there i find this to be refreshing mcu it seems seemed monotonous storytelling of the films and i like how the era feels like it's representing wanda's understanding of what's going on how dare you monotonous <laughs> storytelling of the films how dare you but yeah. i get what you're saying <laughs> I, I mean the possibilities of having much more long-form storytelling to flesh these things out. I, we were talking the other week, Randy, about how little exposure we had to the characters of Wanda and Vision from just a few scenes here and there throughout the other films. And now we get a full season to see how they interact and engage with each other, what their backstory is, what Wanda's trauma is. And I don't know if this is a... It's weird to say a, a facsimile of Vision because he in himself is already a, a synthesoid or whatever. Right. But is this the true Vision or is this Vision an amalgam of Wanda's memories instilled into him? Or is it a version of Vision reanimated via the Nexus? I don't even know. Well, yeah. notice, notice he doesn't really in this. He doesn't really act like Vision. You know, we we haven't gotten a lot of Vision acting as a person, but you know, he's not very robotic. It seems like he's acting like uh, Wanda's idea of Vision as uh, a supportive, bumbling husband. You know, and you don't really see a lot of the Vision that you see in Ultron and Civil War, and et cetera, et cetera, where he's a little bit more of a robot. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, like he seems to have a degree of autonomy, even if occasionally that's stripped away from him when she like makes him forget stuff. Like mm -hmm. he seems like his own independent person, right? But the question is, did she give him that? Does she want him to be that independent person? So she gives it to him until it becomes inconvenient, at which point she starts ordering him around, like she did in episode one. Uh, like she did, like she did basically kind of, she sent him off at some point. Like she definitely manipulates him when she feels like it. And I wonder if it's basically, she didn't want him to just be, have no free will, but she wants him to have a free will that she ultimately controls. Right. I, I mean, again, I'm, I'm at a loss for what is fully the deal with vision. My, my, my current operating theory is he's real mm -hmm. and somehow maybe she didn't even she wasn't even the one who brought him to life they opened up maybe westview exists at a nexus point between the multiverse and they've enshrouded in a bubble and they're using they being agatha mm -hmm. and maybe mephisto or whoever are are channeling and siphoning off Wanda's energy in order to open up that portal to do with what they will. But at the same time, there's a trade-off in that they brought over a version of want of vision into this world that she can use as her weekend at Bernie's play toy. Yeah. I, I mean, God, it, you know, it's like, are these constructs of her mind? Cause like some people, when they leave the thing, some people, when they leave the hex, mm. they, are uh, what they were when they when they went in, mm. right? But if you look at Vision, what's his story when he came out? Yeah, he, like, was, he was disintegrating as if he could not exist outside the hex. Yeah, yeah, and so and he yeah. outfits to his modern outfit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So and he seemed to he seemed to have a degree of awareness of things that I thought, well, maybe he, he does sort of remember once he's outside of the hex. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what he was remembering. 
he seemed to be like, help me help them. They need help right inside. Maybe that's not remembering anything. I don't know. What is I don't it? know. I don't know. I mean, the same question goes to the kids. As they pointed out, uh, as Sword pointed out, where did the kids come from? Right. There's no corollary. There's no other twins that are able to age up and down that she's pulling from. These are two little demon spawn that are running around <laughs> from somewhere. Well, and I mean, there's a lot of like big things that we haven't had clarified yet. Like, you know, is this Mephistopheles? What's the real nature of Wanda's power? Uh, you know, is it mutant, inhuman? Is it brought by the stone? You know, uh, what's Agatha's angle in this? It, what What is, you know, is it Doctor Strange kind of magic? Or are we going to get like, uh, you know, uh, Master Pandemonium and, uh, you know, the, the, the high evolutionary? Just, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we, we, we still don't know, like, it's like where the rules are. And then that'll help us to, you know, as the comic nerds, like, that'll help us determine like, oh, so if it's this, then it's probably this, this, and this, right? Right. Well, we've got so many maybes, you know, it's like, oh, they could go this way or they could go something like a drastically different direction. So mm -hmm. yeah, you, anything can happen. I mean, this comment from Nicole Jackson uh, says, do you think that vision can't leave the hex because it's powered by the stone? Which, I mean, possibly if, if, that's his battery, <laughs> and he's operating but, off of that. Well, that's the weird thing. Like he, he doesn't have. I mean, he has the stone in his in his forehead, but that stone was destroyed by Thanos. Yeah. So in that's reality. What, what is that stone? Like, where did she get? Did she grab a stone from another reality? Wanda's powers also come from the Mind Stone. So was she able to recreate it? The question of what Vision is is so key to this, and I think Jason made a good point. I think one of the reasons that that Reddit can't fully destroy this show the way it could, you know, other shows like Game of Thrones or Lost, where you say, "Oh, what they did wasn't as interesting as what Reddit came up with." No one destroyed Lost. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> um, but it's harder for them to do that because I think the, these showers have learned that, like, if we give them so much to digest and think about. They've got so many blind alleys they can't possibly predict what's actually going to happen, and I think they've done that in a way that. That could be super frustrating. They could go into sort of uh, Christopher Nolan territory. We're like, well, I just give up. I don't know what the. Just tell me your story. I don't. I don't know. But yeah. instead, it's very satisfying because all these blind alleys are also interesting. And the only thing I'm worried about is can they land this bird? The ending is going to be a, a key thing. Like if the ending doesn't land and answer these questions, satisfying, people might get mad. I've never seen that happen before with TV, but I, but it could happen here. And we still don't know uh, what uh, Pietro's uh, deal is like. Right. Right. Is I mean, he like? Is, is you he like the end stinger, right? Yeah. Wait, what? Uh, there was an end stinger? Oh, you didn't see it? No. Yeah. Oh, they, Jason. They did a mid credits this time. It's just it's a small little thing, but basically Monica's is nosing around, and uh, Pietro comes up behind her and it was and says Snooper's gonna snoop. There he is. He pops up as she finds the basement of Agatha's house, and she opens it up. And uh, she looks at him and he goes, Snooper's going to snoop. And then it cuts to black. And it was like a yep. weird, weird thing to say. Yep. <laughs> weird outfit to be wearing. It, it looks like he's still trapped in the 90s. <laughs> so yeah. even though the rest I, of it progressed. I want to know if Pietro is like the kids, basically a creation. You know, that, that and maybe it's I, I guess this creation, not Wanda's, whatever. Or if he is a mask for someone else. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's Mephisto. And maybe because he was being sort of casually cruel and uh you know kind of po poking and prodding wanda in previous in previous episode 
but I don't know. I was going to say if I had the photo, the vid, um, the image where you see Agatha with the purple tendrils on Pietro. Yeah. She's essentially saying she created him. It, it sure looks it. It looks like it. Yeah. But that could but, be another fake out. But again, if, if she's pulling from the Nexus and she's playing with this. It, okay. You, maybe you guys need to explain to me in Marvel comics, what the Nexus implies, because my <laughs> understanding is it's a cross point between, between the multiverse and kind of, a doorway in which they can kind of jump from one multiverse to another. And if that's the case, she could pull the Evan Peters version of Pietro out and then still play puppet master with him in this version. And it's still Quicksilver in a way, but he just doesn't have his autonomy. He has his abilities. Right. But what, well, is, what is Nexus? Then? Well, the, the Nexus of Cosmic... Not, Kex, cosmic what, what is it, Jason? Nexus of Cosmic Reality? Uh, Cos you're, that, you're about as close as I am. Yeah. So, yeah, Nexus of All Realities, maybe? It, something like that, yeah. Traditionally, it's in the swamps of Florida uh, and is guarded by the man-thing. So, moving into New Jersey, New Jersey, Florida, that's that's probably about right. You can have, that makes sense. Um, if it is that Nexus, yeah, it is It is where basically I think the walls of reality are... are, are um, thinner. It's where Howard the Duck comes through. It's where where multiversal travel is easier, and that may be what they're doing here. If that doing that, that makes sense. That you pulled Pietro from another universe, and maybe Wanda pulled Vision, pulled his essence from another universe, even if she got his body from this one. Is, is Man Thing is like Swamp Thing of Marvel? Yeah, yeah, he's their swamp creature. Okay. And then there was uh, there was even a. Um... You guys caught it when Wanda's living room was kind of on the fritz and things were, you know, the walls were changing and the furniture was changing. There was like a crane or some sort of bird that disappeared yeah. in a puff of red smoke. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was the swan from the, the, the episode four. Yeah, what, what, what was it? Five. Is it a crane? It's a crane. It was episode three. It was the, it was the pregnancy episode. Yeah. The stork. Okay. It was the stork, right? The stork. Yeah. The stork. Yeah, the stork. Of course. Uh, and then when it disappeared in a puff of red smoke, I just thought, come on. <laughs> no, you're. it's like there's a lot of crazy stuff you could throw in this show. And at the top of that list is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, maybe they will. But uh, they will. yeah, Dennis said something uh, about um, there was a book in Agatha's basement. I thought the same thing. Could that be the Darkhold? 100%. I'm sure it was the Darkhold, which probably means I'm wrong. I mean, which that, that goes in some crazy directions. Mm -hmm. So well, that, here's a picture of it. Um, didn't they have the Darkhold? I hate to reference this show, but I feel like they had it. It was shield. Yes. Um, someone else put a picture of it next to the Necronomicon. <laughs> but yeah, this this evil uh, Darkhold book here. So so dar the Darkhold is Marvel's Necronomicon. They they right. like to riff on things, but they're um, the the person behind it is not Cthulhu or whatever else. It's Cthan, who is an elder god, who at one point possessed Wanda when she lived at Wondagore Mountain. So that is, it's it's Wanda lore. Like, I think even if that's just a nod, they could be going in a direction like, this could be Cthan and not Mephisto. Wrong image. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I heard someone also specula speculating that uh, Quicksilver could actually be Cthan. And I mean, we're, we're kind of jumping around the place uh, around here on this episode, um, just in the discussion. But 
there was also the reveal of her bunny. We got a name for Agatha's bunny, mm-hmm. which was Senior Scratch, which yep. is Mr. Scratch, another name for Colonel. <laughs> yep. So she's like, and, and she's, she's, uh, she said in episode, was it one or two? Episode two, I think. Um, some something about like uh, the devil's in the details, and she goes, "Well, the devil's more than in just the details," mm-hmm. which is implying that the devil is a character, which might be Mephisto, which is why right. a lot of people thought Mephisto, especially since that plays into the the Wanda storyline, right? Well, one of the uh, one of our commenters posted it and said, um, uh, Nicole said, "I thought the bee was Mephisto. What was the bee about? Because that was a uh, that was an interesting touch." Um, oh, yeah, because we saw the it looked like a horse. Well, fly, was maybe? it a fly? Because yeah. you know, one of the other names of Mephisto and the devil is the Lord of Lie or the Lord of Lies, the Lord of Flies. Mm. So it could have been that could have been a nod. It that whole scene turned very dark and twisted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, at first, like she was looking at the the boys' uh, uneaten food mm-hmm. and Yo Gabba, Yo Gabba Gabba on the TV screen. What a weird specific reference. (laughs) I guess, yeah. But I was like, I don't really know necessarily what I'm supposed to be getting from this. Um, And then she's like looking at the door. But then when the fly shows up, I'm like, ah, weird (laughs) bugs. That's always a sign that something evil's going on. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, the whole buildup there was they, they do something throughout this, throughout the series. But throughout this episode, they were doing the the playful music of the sitcom that is juxtaposed very discordantly with something traumatic or sinister going mm-hmm. on. And a lot of it was with Wanda, like dealing, having a mental breakdown in front of us and it all just being played off as wacky. Yeah. When in reality, no, there's something really wrong here. She had her her kids being like, mom, I'm, I'm having headaches and problems with my powers. I don't know how to deal with this. And she's like, get out of here. It's mom day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, and like the wacky music in the background is just playing off of that in a way that just makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I love how all the circus uh, stuff with uh, vision and Darcy really felt like a Brian Fuller, uh, like a Brian Fuller TV. Yes. Show. Yeah. Yeah, or like Arrested Development or something. Yeah. Like they hop in the wacky funnel cake car and like their adventures. Yep. By yeah. the way, um, you know that I I have bashed on TV dudes numerous times. Three broke girl, two broke girls. That I hated that show. I you even added a broke girl to it. I I thought it was <laughs> yeah. I had, it, it well in this universe it was three broke girls. Okay, and, uh, the Berenstain Bears <laughs> and Vision still alive. Um, and I uh. I don't have any affection for that sitcom, but there's no denying that Kat Dennings is sort of a sitcom icon because she was on that for a long time. And I like the sort of meta nod of her playing her sitcom character a little bit here. I thought that was kind of fun. Her 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 outfit even had kind of a similar design to her waitress embroidery yeah. on there. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um that that part of the storyline, I thought it was it was fun, but it really also felt off from everything else. In a way that it, it seemed like we need those characters around. We need a reference to what's going on with them. But mm-hmm. that's not the driving force of what's going on in this particular episode. It's yeah. Monica getting in to the bubble 
to confront Wanda and Wanda going through a breakdown while uh, Agatha does the mustache twirly reveal mm-hmm. um, or at least partial reveal. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that we haven't discussed then is Monica and Wu. I mean, we got a real brief nod to um, the rest of sword. We got Hayward. He like moved back apparently eight miles away from the, the bubble mm-hmm. and they're planning, they're mounting some big secret attack, but they can't see the TV signal anymore. Mm-hmm. That's kind of all that's going on there. But there was a big reveal here, which is the Hayward. The big reveal was that Hayward was trying to put the vision back together again and build a weapon. And that's, he doesn't care about Wanda. He is just here to get vision back. That was a big, that was a big reveal. Of right. Sorry, good. Yeah, no, I'm no, wondering... just to say that that just changes his motivation, I think, a little bit. I'm wondering if they're going to bring uh, Dr. Cho back in from oh. Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. you know, because she was one of the ones that helped them put. I'm hoping we would see her again. She was one of the ones that put Vision together, right? Right, right. And and it seemed like there was there's a bunch of speculation about who could be the aerospace engineer that Monica turns and winks to the camera like I know a person. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this who's it gonna be? Is it gonna be Reed Richards? Is it gonna be Hank McCoy? Who's it gonna be? I don't know. And then we we get this character. Who was it? Uh, Major Goodner. Yeah, Major Goodner, who they there's no like I looked up Marvel Major Goodner because I didn't know of anything. Yeah. All I came up was Martin Goodman, who was the publisher the publisher of Marvel originally. And I'm like, maybe that was a nod, but I think this was just a a weird miscue. Or I don't even think they, I don't think they meant to set us up for this to think, oh, who's this aerospace engineer? I think they were just like pointing, hey, next next time we're gonna have a big thing designed by somebody. But it was weird to sort of hang a lampshade on that and then do nothing with it. Right. Yeah, it, it, it I, I was expecting like, oh, you know, they've already it's it's they did they did the the move. They played their hand that said that all bets were off, right? Mm-hmm. When Evan Peters shows up. Yep. Like, okay, uh, I don't know what you guys are capable of. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are like off the reservation now. And so I thought maybe that um that they're like, oh wow. I mean, if we're doing that big, then Aerospace engineer, probably not Reed Richards. I thought uh, Adam Brashear, who has a connection to Monica mm-hmm. uh, in the comics uh, as of late anyway. But uh, yeah, seeing Blue Marvel would be amazing. But then yeah. again, it's like you introduce Blue Marvel into anything. It's like the guy's basically a god. Mm-hmm. It, it just, it just, It's like having to do that tap dance whenever you... Uh, Whenever you say like, uh, oh, well, where was Captain Marvel during this fight? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, it's possible that Major Goodner is is just a, a soldier, a loyalist from Maria Rambeau's time mm-hmm. who b- delivered this vehicle to her and that the aerospace engineer hasn't been revealed yet, whoever that was. We Maybe. don't know that Major yeah. Goodner was that aerospace engineer because there's no dialogue to indicate that she did anything to construct this thing for her. Right. She just simply met her and delivered it to her and then helped like shuttle it through unsuccessfully uh, through the hex. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. We, we could be in for a, a either late in WandaVision or a Captain Marvel two reveal of who the aerospace engineer is. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and it's going to be, it's going to be Dr. Strange. 
Oh yeah, I also got a got an aerospace engineer on. Yeah, the once once I stopped operating on people and became the Sorcerer Supreme, I uh, I audited a few classes on aerospace engineering just to, just for fun. Lynda.com. This episode is brought to you by Lynda.com. So I do have to say, talking about Monica, this is one of my favorite characters. And I know everybody else is watching a Wanda and Vision show, but I'm watching the origin of Monica Rambeau and her powers. So uh, this week was great for me. Seeing her actually get the, I was pretty sure it was going to happen, but seeing it confirmed, seeing her get those powers and seeing her face off with Wanda. And I, I love because Monica has a power level that is on the level of Vision and Captain Marvel and yeah. Wanda. Like she is one of the most powerful people in the Marvel Universe. And I love that they played that right up. Even though we haven't seen her use those powers yet. Like when she's facing off with Wanda, it's like she she is on that level and she doesn't have to be afraid of her. Right. Um, she they show a, a scene where she seems to have this extra sensory vision going mm-hmm. on where mm-hmm. she's able to see like sound waves and see things in like a different color set. Yep. Um, that was really cool how they visualize that. And I, I liked I like seeing that scene and the fact that she can turn it off. I was like, oh, good. OK, <laughs> she can that on and off. But um, when when she confronts Wanda, there's that great uh, landing move where she she does the, the superhero landing. Yeah, I even have this graphic of, of <laughs> superhero landing. Um, but it's cool because it looks like she's got this blue power energy wave. You see Wanda with the red, and then you see Agatha with the purple, and it's just going to be this color storm of them, I guess, eventually with, with their energy signals yeah, um, fighting each other. And yeah, it seems like she's, she's just discovered her powers, but she doesn't really know how to use them yet. And so otherwise you might see her actually like square off against Wanda, which would be something to see. But now Wanda's not necessarily the enemy. <laughs> right. She's she's another person just clearly being manipulated. So I do want to talk about the Agatha reveal. One thing that's interesting is that Agatha's reveal comes in the context of the show, the meta show. So we still we get the theme song, which is great. We get all the flashbacks to what she was doing. And I'm like, if if she's not the one, if Wanda's the one creating the meta narrative, or is someone else creating the meta narrative and Agatha and Wanda are both caught in it? Like there some someone else mentioned in the chat that that they're not buying that Agatha's the bad guy. They think that's another fake out. And I'm kind of in the same place because partly she's never been a bad guy in the comics. She's been, you know, mysterious and and uh kind of enigmatic, but not like vicious and evil. Yeah. And I wonder if this is a fake out if someone is controlling both of them. And could that someone be Chathan? Could it be Mephisto? Could it be Quicksilver, weirdly? I don't know. Well, look at... uh, That just makes me think, if you look at all of the signs that they're laying out in front of us, not just for uh, this show, but for the implications that this show has with the greater MCU. Mm -hmm. In the show alone, if you're starting to introduce, like, real, like, magic, you know, because, I mean, Randy and I, we've read a lot of comics with Scarlet Witch. Can we still explain her powers? No. Not really. No. Um, <laughs> so it's like, is it magic? Is it a mutant ability? You know, ah, I don't know. But in this, they're like, oh, no, no. Like magic. Not just Doctor Strange type stuff, but like witches and hexes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Look, an evil book that's in here. And then if you look at all the other stuff, they're like, oh, yeah. And we've got Blade coming in, you know, and, and uh, 
Multiverse of Madness, how they said it was going to be a horror movie. And it's mm-hmm. like, uh, it, it's like they are opening the doors wide right here. And this is our first glimpse, really, that, yeah, they're going to have some, like, actual magic horror vampires, you know, who knows? I mean, because yeah. they're talking about Blade and vampires and everything, but, we're, you know, what no one has brought up is that, oh, yeah, Dracula. Are you ready to <laughs> like Dracula? Right. You know? I mean, I am sure, but I, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, are they? How are they going to slide all of this into uh, into the show? You know, I, I think considering that our reveal of Agne- Ag- Agatha Harkness or Agnes entering into the scene when she does her intro segment, it seems like she showed up at the door after the bubble had already been created, mm-hmm. which makes me think that they're they're kind of having it both ways where they're not absolving wanda of creating this wanda was depressed traumatized she found out that vision's body was being experimented on and in a rage went and rescued him and then created this this bubble as as this escapist fantasy but then agatha caught wind of what was going on her her magic cerebro bubble whatever mm-hmm. and she decided to be an opportunist and jump in and siphon off of that energy she's like oh you're making this bubble you're going haywire with your magic powers i can use that for something else and as long as i keep you complacent and and happy in this and i redo scenes as you see fit for your little tv narrative I can continue feeding off of this with my dark hold in the basement or whatever weird shit she's doing. Cause it seems like she's, she's not necessarily like, it doesn't seem like she's completely tricking and she's the villain manipulating Wanda so much as she's playing off of what is already happening, I guess. Yeah. That's yeah. my take. I, I can agree with that. Yeah. She hasn't seemed like she's had a lot of opportunities to be hostile. Like, mm-hmm there's some sort of long game going on here. Right. And, uh, she clearly knows something's going on. And then, you know, seeing the dark hole, that's just the monkey wrench. Yeah. It's like, all right, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it make it all the more interesting. If Wanda is still a villain, Wanda still took and stripped a bunch of other people of their free will in this hex bubble for a, a sort of emotional salve for herself. But at the same time, she's being manipulated as well. Like it's so there's still something bad that she did and something bad that someone else is doing to her. Right. I, I think Not the thing great. is that she's been traumatized. And so you can sort of excuse some of her behavior uh, because she was traumatized because she's not in her right mind. So I, I guess that's where they're going to. I am worried about that because one of the things that's happened in the comics is Wanda has been vilified so often that it's kind of like Hag Pym. Once he slapped Hank, uh, Janet, he could never get away from that. So even though it was a writer doing a bad thing and it was poorly done and the artist mod- – basically Hank was a wife beater from then on, and that's never going to go away. And Wanda in the same way, like Wanda get rid of all the mutants. And Wanda like did all kinds of bad stuff when when she uh, when she went bad, when Vision was, was brought back. And so if you make her too bad, you've kind of lost the character as a viable focus. And I, and I think they got to be careful about that about just how much did she do here? Cause we've seen that people are being yeah, basically yeah. tortured and that we're seeing that, that, uh, you know, people were hurting. And if she is responsible for all of that, 
even halfway willingly, it's kind of hard to bring her back from that abyss. So I hope they've got a plan in mind. And seeing Agatha being, in, in fact, manipulating things gives me a little hope that they are thinking in that direction. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, uh, I mean, God, what, what would it be like if they, if what we're seeing now is them setting up Wanda as the big MCU villain? Right. Uh, or one of the big MCU villains going forward. Guys, can you... Uh keep talking i have to drop out for a minute because i have to go help my neighbor oh, right. yeah yeah sure we yeah, can, of course go ahead. jason can we talk about comic stuff for a while i don't know if we we can we can't make a conversation about comic stuff that's not possible we could probably find our way into something like that <laughs> Eddie, as you and i you and i used to do a, a comics podcast loose cannon so i feel like we can we can talk wandavision for a while without grant it'll be fine i i think so uh <laughs> yeah and that's 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 uh that's an interesting parallel that you put uh, comparing uh, Wanda to um, uh, to her position as uh, Hank Pym. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, because, uh, I mean, she, Hank Pym is forever stained, right? Yeah, in the comics, but they managed to rescue him in the MCU because he's a different character. In the MCU, they made him this cranky old bastard, but he's not a wife beater. Yeah. And I think that the MCU is a clean slate, and I'm I'm worried about them not taking advantage of that clean slate for Wanda because they've, they've put her through a lot and they already had her basically blow up a Wakandan embassy. Yeah. So there's, they're dancing on the edge of, they want to make her dangerous, but you can't make her so dangerous that she becomes a bad guy. Unless like you say, we know she's in the Dr. Strange movie. We don't know if she's there as an ally or an adversary. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, I mean, you would think that they would use like, like take that time to expand uh, some of Doctor Strange's villains, you know, and have it, uh, I mean, not Dormammu, uh, but, uh, you know, introduce really anybody else. Uh, I know one of the big ones they were talking about uh, was Nightmare. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, if, uh, yeah, if they're going to go ahead, I mean, I think Marvel, the MCU, has kind of a what now problem, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and that... That what now problem is like, uh, well, you know, what do you do after the Infinity War? Right. You know, and so it's like, um, do we resurrect? Uh, you know, do we try to like put some more of our our villains up on the front lines? Do we uh, have a heel turn for uh, for one of our characters? You know, how do we how do we do that? Uh, because they were almost like after Infinity War, it was almost you know uh, the the aftermath. Yeah. You know? It was like, where do we pick up and go from here? And and clearly where they're going is weird, which I kind of like that WandaVision is such a weird thing. And, and to some extent, Falcon Winter Soldier looks like an action movie, uh, but it definitely doesn't look like it, it's a continuation of what was done in Captain America, but it's definitely a different vibe. By the way, Nicole had an interesting point. She said that no one has actually said it's Wanda who's making them feel this way. They just keep saying she, which definitely ties into the notion that Agatha is the one doing it. But is Agatha... The big bad, or is she a pawn? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, you've got the uh, the regular like delivery guy, mail guy, or something like that, and mm -hmm. uh, he said something like, "Oh, don't worry, your mom won't let him get very far." Yeah, they like, keep we keep seeing that guy. Yeah, and I don't know how that's going to pay off. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean. It it it's it seems like dropping a bomb that Agatha was the bad guy all along. I don't think that landed. 
you know? And so mm-hmm. I, I would say that there is some artifice to it, that right. there's, there's some misdirection because it's like, yeah, of course she plays a, a huge part in everything that's going on. But I just have real trouble thinking that she's the puppet master, right? Like, I think she's, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think she's gotten in over her head or something like that. Um, so P.W. Gregory makes a point. He says, there's this missing witness still out there. The person that, that uh, Wu was supposed to come and find in the first place. We think that's the delivery guy, right? Like maybe, but we don't know the deal on that guy, like what he was doing out here. Yeah. And they haven't, other than mentioning him in episode four, we really haven't touched on him again. And I don't know if that's like a drop that clue and leave it for us to pick up in episode eight or nine, or if it was a, no, that was just a a MacGuffin to get him here. Like, I don't actually know if that's going to be a story point or not. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, you know, one of the things is how this show can uh, can work its magic, so to speak, in that it uh, it really just kind of takes its time. Like you said, you had a problem with the first two episodes. Yeah. And <clears throat> I really liked them, but they were real coy that something was going on, right? Mm-hmm. And they made you wait, which is, which is fine, mm-hmm. uh, especially since, you know, episodes on a streaming service like this can be as long as you want, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. as long as as you want but i don't know i really like those first couple because i don't i think that that was them letting you know the showrunners like listen uh we're gonna do some crazy stuff here mm-hmm. you know we're gonna be real coy with the first two episodes and it's gonna play out like 50s and 60s tv show with just a few very minor hiccups you know and then you've got evan peters showing up and mm-hmm. and, and so it's just like that's why I was saying earlier, bold. I mean, they're doing some some mind-blowing stuff here, not just for Marvel, but just TV, really. Right. Well, and also they are um they've they've they're they've left us out of this as a thing of like, what exactly is going on? Like, we don't actually still know the plot. Like I think Grant mentioned in the, in the synopsis talking about like Agatha being there to steal her powers, but I think that's just a uh, a guess. Like they, they didn't say anything about that in this episode. Oh, yeah. So like, is she doing this to steal her powers? And if so, was this the most efficient way to do it? And also the the everything blinking right now is Wanda is it is it Wanda's mental capacity that's being t- taxed, or have we found the limits of her powers? Is she beyond her power set? And right. that's the whole point of this: was someone to test how far, how just how powerful is she? Is someone trying to figure out how much of a threat is she? Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's a really interesting, uh, uh, possibility. Um, another thing that, that I haven't really seen talked about. So like in Spider-Man far from home, that was sword, right? Yeah. I don't, was it, was it sword? At the very end? Far from home? Yeah. We're oh. Nick on the ship. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So that's the same sword we're seeing here. Yeah. Well, and they have a they have a moon the thing they brought Monica was like a moon rover. So clearly yeah. they, they were space operated because aliens like Thanos was an alien. The alien mm-hmm. threats were a big threat, but then they refocused it to be superhuman weapons. Yeah, okay. Okay. And that if I may digress, mm-hmm. like Peter Parker is Spider-Man. <laughs> all it takes, all it takes is Sam Jackson going. All right, you, 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 and you go down there and pretend to be Spider-Man for the day. <laughs> That's it. 
<laughs> That's it. It's just Sam Jackson, Agent of Shield. You know, going. Uh, no, he's not. Look, <laughs> you'd be pull pull Superman. You mean just get some Superman robots out there and right. have it Clark Kent like pal this, around with them? It feels like this territory's been uh, covered in the comics before, and someone's familiar with how writers have covered that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I had to leave there for a minute. My neighbor's uh, pipes burst and oh, no. everywhere, and so she came and asked if we could go turn it off. So to, oh man, um, is your is your neighbor named Agnes? Um, <laughs> she had a weird purple basement. <laughs> <laughs> did well, she have a bunny? Um, I don't know if it was a bunny. It was very cold out there. <laughs> it's uh, it's weird though because everybody else doesn't know this, but Jason. They recast Grant, right? Like this wasn't the same guy who was Grant previously. No, no, this was. Uh, this is a different actor. Oh, I thought you were the the Mexican uh, beerist guy. <laughs> I used to be a, a a lot more muscular and handsome. How <laughs> you get Evan Peters, Grant? We all did, buddy. We all did. It's called. AJ. I'm a better actor, so that's the trade off. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you guys already uh, covered. Or not. We, just, we we just kind of dance around uh, Agatha and and uh, the nature of realities and stuff a little bit. Fair, fair. Um, so I wanted to touch back on. Did you guys already? Um, well, I guess we already talked about the commercial, right? Was there anything else we we need to cover on the Nexus? Not really, because we don't know too much about it. Other than the, like you said, the tagline: "The world doesn't revolve around you, or does it?" <laughs> Oh right. <laughs> um, there's a there's a comment here from uh, P. W. Gregory. He says, "I think Agatha wants someone or something back to life, and she thinks Wanda can do it." That's an interesting idea. That the reason she's here is to see if she can use Wanda's power for that. She can resurrect, and and this is like a, a test study in yeah. both Vision and Pietro. Yeah, maybe so. Although we still know the deal with Pietro, whether it shows Agatha creating him, but. Is he something else? Is she just taking credit? Is he, in fact, running the whole thing? We don't know. I have friends who are adamant that, oh, no, this is uh, the introduction to the mutants in the MCU. <laughs> right. I don't think it is. I don't either, but Pietro is a mutant. That yeah. Pietro is a mutant. I mean, is is Monica, for all intents and purposes, a mutant now? No, mutants are born with their powers. So she is She is just like... Is that what the technicality is? You have yes. To be born with it? Mutants are born with their powers, yeah. Well, I th I don't know if he's alive or not. If it seems like if we include Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse as part of the MCU, which I'm not sure if we can or not. It's a little bit of a, a gray line there, blurred line, I guess. <laughs> um, then they are dealing a lot with this idea of of villains desperate to try and reconnect with people they've lost. Cause that's the whole thing. Kingpin's doing in that movie. Yeah. Trying to like at all costs go across the multiverse in order to bring someone back from the dead. Right. And if, if that's a little bit of what they're exploring here already with Wanda and then that being a little bit of what Agatha might be going for, maybe it's already tread on too much, <laughs> I guess is what yeah. I'm thinking. Uh, one of the questions that uh, I think it's Eidlonis, Eidlons asked, he said, could this be the first TV show which is required viewing for a film franchise? And I do think they've got to walk that line, too, because you can't have someone go to Multiverse of Madness and have no idea what, like, I think it's fair to assume 
that most of the people going to Marvel movies now have seen most of the TV shows. But I certainly know people who have not watched all the MCU. They just watched the Captain America movies or they just watched Captain Marvel because they like Brie Larson. Like they definitely still have to walk that line of these movies have to be accessible to people. And mostly they've managed to do that. But can they recap what happened in WandaVision quickly enough for a multiverse of madness? Wait, Randy, let me let me back you up there. You have friends who didn't really watch the Marvel movies, but watched Captain Marvel. Yes. They like Brie. Okay, no. Probably they watched Captain Marvel because it was a female superhero and there aren't a lot of those. Okay. okay. Probably wouldn't have Brie, Larson, Brie Larson specifically. But someone watched it for Brie Larson. She's great. <laughs> She's great. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Just of all of them. Now. <laughs> I'm, I'm currently going through the Harry Potter series with my girls and we're just listening to the, the audio books. And as, and after we listen to them, we watch one of the movies um, in the first four books, I would say maybe five books. The author is still going along with like, if this is your first time picking up one of these books, let me try and explain what this mm-hmm. world is. Mm-hmm. And eventually I'd say she drops it around five or six and just like, you know what? If you're along for this ride, you need to know what this world is from the other books or else don't bother. Right, and right. The the biggest, the most egregious of those movies is that fifth Harry Potter movie because you watch that thing and it is a, just a clip show of moments from that book because they couldn't figure out how to make even a cohesive narrative from that thing. Yeah. It's a mess. And yeah. that's kind of how I feel about people jumping into any of these and going, well, I don't understand. You got to do your homework. Go, yeah. go look at the other ones. Because... Also, there's Wikipedia. You can catch up. Yeah, you can. Maybe that's a dickish. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a couple questions, lingering questions from this episode. Uh, we already talked about who is Pietro. Is he someone else in disguise? Is he uh, a magic manifestation of Agatha? Like She's doing a lot of work there, if, if that's the case. Um, but we, we keep touching on this, but like, who are the twins? What is the, what are they? Do you guys have any theories there? Also, where'd they go? I think obviously they are master pandemonium's demon arms and, uh, that we will see them as demonic arms, just like that comic panel that we showed on episode like three or four. He's got very adorable arms, (laughs) but they're screaming. It's horrific. (laughs) I, I thought the kids were. I thought the kids are pretty good as far as kid actors go. I, I, I did too. Performance here. Yeah. I mean, they're gonna. Uh, they're clearly gonna put Billy and Tommy in the MCU, right? I would think so, unless they're just doing. They don't usually just do Easter eggs just for fun, right? Uh, because they are definitely nodding at, at at Wiccan and Speed. It would be a shame to lose them and not be pointing toward the Young Avengers with this. And I, I think they probably are. It seems like that. Yeah, I mean, come on. They've got Kamala coming up, you yep. know, and, uh, Riri. They're going to throw them all together. One of the big questions that's here, though, is like, how are they going to end this? That's the big question I have is like, how yeah. are they going to end this in a way that Billy and Tommy are still around and are teenagers instead of being the age they are now? And Vision, is he still going to be around? And where does Wanda land? Like, we've got two episodes to land this bird, and I have no idea. How all it's going to shake out? It's going to be two hours, though. Yeah, and essentially that's as that's as long as a an MCU movie that has to tell an entire story. Yeah. And what uh, what sitcoms are they going to reference in the next two? Because Modern Family is pretty new. Like, yeah. what's what's I left? They're I don't know if they're done. I I or 
there's gonna be a Twitch stream. <laughs> a Twitch stream. <laughs> a okay. YouTube show. Yeah. yeah. The modern rug. <laughs> it's yeah. I, I don't know if they're going to just kind of lose it and it's going to dissolve with the next episode. Like now, now that she's down in the basement, she's no longer directing her fantasy episode. It seems like the veneer is gone and it's just going to push right into the action of the show. Maybe I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think, Agatha's going to snap her fingers and she's going to fall back into a pattern. I think it's possible. I think that we could, we could get a thing where she, she doesn't remember this, what happened in the last bit. Then I think it's very possible. It becomes sort of this amalgamation where she tries to like, it, it's a little bit of a flashback of what we were seeing this mm-hmm. episode where the milk was jumping from almond milk to, Oh, and someone asked uh, about like why there was a missing kid on the milk carton. I think mm-hmm. that was only an indicator of time period because there was a, a specific time period in the 90s when they or, or 80s then they'd always have like a kid missing kid on the milk cartons. Yeah, you had to collect them all. Yeah, and right. Isn't that how that works? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you get a closet, you need to brief before you open it. <laughs> um, but All yeah, old milk cartons. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it's involved in it. <laughs> but this is gonna be law enforcement last questions. Right, right. Well, I mean, it's it was before Pokemon, so yeah. I mean, maybe it'll start off with some sort of modern family sitcom, a la ABC Family, one of those shows before it obviously just starts jumping off the rails and jumping between time scenes. Yeah. Because I think we got that one scene where we see vision and her and he's like, he's jumping between his different like images and looks. Right. He's like what is happening? I think that's what we're going to see next, next week where everything is out of flux. Well, that would be interesting. I almost, I want to see them mix it up. And since it is, since I do like them riffing on the sitcoms as well. Now I would love it if they did like a bewitched, but with the talking to the camera, or a like like if they mix all that stuff together and do some of the the yeah. tropes of different shows and mix the tropes across genres and across time periods, that'd be interesting. That'd be a fun way to do something different without having to just jump to what sitcoms were like in the in the tens or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, now that we the one scene that like I thought was fantastic this episode was the interview scene where we have um we have Wanda saying, I don't know why I can't fix it. And then the interview goes, do you think this is what you deserve? Mm-hmm. And it totally sounded like a guy's voice. I didn't think that was uh, Catherine Hahn, but I guess. Right. right. But, then, but then they show, yeah, they show that it was her. Yeah. And her turn of like, you're not supposed to talk, mm-hmm. but there's, there's this, this show is, is really smart in the way that it says it's talking about breaking the fourth wall. And not only is there this breaking the fourth wall of, of the show within the show, but they they're breaking the, the literal hex wall um, as Monica's entering and the show within the show breaks the fourth wall of showing the outside bubble as part of the TV show. <laughs> like they show all those, those soldiers before they get absorbed as part of the show. And I'm like, so 
whatever is the camera of this show exists inside and outside of the bubble at will of of Wanda or whoever is the director. You know, you uh, actually bring up an interesting thing that I thought of a couple of episodes is uh, what if uh, the whole exploration of the bubble, because there were times when I thought this feels kind of like a modern action TV show with lots of like taking the sunglasses off, you know, (laughs) it's like, are there levels of fiction going on here? Interesting. Do you think like the woo and oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't think there are. But it occurred to me where we could see something crazy like that. Um, yeah, I think they are doing Lou some. And, and Rambo are also like <laughs> puppets in this larger story. Yeah. I feel like they're doing meta nods, like because we know we're watching a show within a show, the show to show the audience, hey, you're also watching a show that's about a show within a show. But I don't think we're actually gonna go quite that deep. I think that that is more of the Easter egg meta nod kind of thing. But that would be Jason, that'd be a huge mind fuck. But what if Jason's right? What if like this show is supposed to take place or WandaVision is supposed to take place in like 2023, right? And what if the 2020 version is or 2021 version is WandaVision bubble <laughs> where two agents show up to a bubble and, and <laughs> investigate it? Is this all going to end with us pulling out and we see that it's like an alien plane with marbles, just like the end of Men in Black? Is that, yeah. is that where we're going here? I am going to have a nose Insane. Um, all right. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Uh, apologies that I had to, uh, run out the door here. Um, if you guys don't know, Texas is a little wacky right now, but I want to say thank you so much to everyone who has joined us live here on the stream. Remember you can follow us, uh, at, um, mcupod.com at mcupod on Twitter. And you can also follow our our YouTube stream where you can subscribe to that. And uh, I think it's still like some long convoluted URL until we hit a certain number of subscribers. So subscribe and then I'll change the URL to youtube.com slash MCU pod or something. Um, But uh, thank you guys once again for joining Uh, Jason. uh, Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me multiple days a week over at youtube.com slash modern rogue. And, uh, I got a book, I got a book here that you can get on uh, Amazon. It's, uh, it's like ghostbusters, but, uh, they're idiots. Uh, <laughs> so like ghostbusters, <laughs> <laughs> the killer candy. Yeah. Yeah. It's candy. Really- Jason Murphy. Yes. Uh, book one in the occultic series. Uh, a couple more books, uh, in that series should be out this year. Awesome. Randy. Uh, as always, you can find me over at the tvdudes.com and at uh, roguesgallerytx.com, which is my store, my comics and game store in Round Rock. And uh, we do a podcast there as well. And uh, yeah, that's where you find me. You can find me at Baron Von Grant over on Twitter. You can find Mike at Mike Moody Garcia over on Twitter. Once again, thank you guys so much for joining us. We will be back next week at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time here on YouTube doing our live recap of WandaVision episode eight. It's the penultimate episode. So that should be a lot of fun. Thank you guys once again for joining us and we'll be back.